Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil and Jordan podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see that we've got a special guest for this episode and Hello. next episode. Uh, we'll get into that soon. But uh, first, I want to say happy 2022. Uh, this podcast will be going out in the first week of 2022. I hope you had a good New Year's Eve. Hope you had a good Christmas. Uh, if you didn't uh, see my story, I have COVID. I'm fine. Thank you for all the messages and well wishes. Apologies for anyone who was planning to come to the uh, 30th of December Sydney show. We had to cancel that one, unfortunately. It's pretty much just a cold. It's uh, definitely on the way out uh, from now. As always, this podcast is sponsored by Crush Organic CBD Oil. Go to crushorganics.com, crush with a K. Use the code NEIL for 40% off. If you haven't used CBD oil before, just start off with two to three drops. Uh, if you are definitely feeling the pinch with all these uh, Omicron cases going wild at the moment, if your anxiety is kicking in, if you're feeling stressful, get yourself some CBD oil. Calms you down. I've been, you know what? I reckon the reason I got over COVID so quickly was definitely the CBD oil. Okay. 100%. Uh, it cured me. So get your hands on that. Crushorganics.com. Use the code Neil for 40% off. I also, another big announcement. We have collectively raised over five grand in 2021 for charity. So all the subscribers, thank you so much. Over five grand. That's amazing. That is a lot of uh, African children that are not going to get malaria. And just uh, further armor for these podcasts to not get canceled. So thank you, guys. Keep the uh, topics and questions coming. neilcohacker.com slash podcasts. Um, shows every week in Sydney and every month in Melbourne, neildan.com. So as I said, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the person next to me is not Jordan, unfortunately. Uh, this is Alex. Uh, if, you, uh, if you've uh, seen the, the short-lived series I did on YouTube a couple of months ago, Ethical Hypothetical, he was the co-host on that. Jordan is away he didn't he didn't even tell me he was going away <laughs> so um i just thought to start off the new year i've done a few podcasts with uh his mates let's do one with one of my mates so alex tell the listeners a bit about yourself how did we uh, meet and just give them the rundown yeah how did we meet um okay i'm i'm alex malinkovic uh pleasure to be here i'm looking forward to um, basically ousting Jordan from this podcast episode by episode. Uh, um, or or well, this is the begin this is the beginning of my now, campaign. Right? I'm about to usurp him. Um, wow. I yeah, I know I'm a I'm a comedian. I'm from Brisbane. I live in Sydney now. We uh, how did we meet? I actually can't remember. I think it was just a show. Yeah, I, I think it was. I think it was a comedy was night somewhere in in Sydney. I think we met briefly once or twice, and then. And and then we started chatting properly when you when you were doing my show. Yeah, yeah, and uh, have just developed a, a long, beautiful relationship since then. Yeah, um, yeah, that's a perfect way to describe it. Yeah, dude. Somehow, um, Alex did not get COVID. Uh, he was hanging out with me. I'm pretty yeah. sure when I got it, because yeah. Max got it that night as well, and Daniel didn't get it, which is insane because we were sharing vapes the whole night. Yeah, so that's an, a that great guy point is, as well. Uh, I don't know if you know that Mr. Burns with all the like germs going into his mouth. That is Daniel because the shit he puts in his body yeah. <laughs> and doesn't get COVID. I don't know. Yeah, because I, I, like I was saying before, I'm starting to feel uninteresting because I haven't gotten it. But like Dan, I'll tell you what makes me feel good is Dan's very, a very interesting person and he hasn't gotten oh, yeah. it. He's, he's, if he gets it, then I'm fucked. 
Yeah, I, I I think maybe Dan has already had it and it was just gone in a day or two because his his system is just so used to dealing with fucked stuff. Yeah, COVID well, I mean, nothing. how he lives is crazy. Like, I was trying to, like, I was talking to him a little bit at uh, on Wednesday at a show and uh, I was like, how are you getting home, man? And he's like, oh, my phone just died, so I'm probably going to catch the train. And I was like, oh, okay, that's cool, man. And then, uh, like, one of the bartenders was there was like, do you want a charger? Like, you can just charge your phone. He was like, nah. Like, it's just like, that was it. (laughs) (laughs) His phone is perpetually uncharged. It's never charged. I was just like, dude, you can't live your life like this. And he was like, nah, it's good. I like it. And I was like, all right, bro. (laughs) It's chaos. He lives in chaos. (laughs) Damn. If anyone needs to listen to this podcast, it's him. Yeah, straight (laughs) up. Love Dan. (laughs) So, uh... Yeah, I guess that's a that's a good introduction to Alex. He's a, he's a really good comedian, so go follow him if you if you don't already. Uh, he's on the talk. He's on Instagram. Mm. Do you yeah, have just, a YouTube channel? I do, and I'm uh, trying to post on it. Like I've had one one clip on there, but uh, I it's because I'll tell you what, because I when I post on TikTok, I shoot in like the like the fucking TikTok format. Oh yeah. And it just doesn't look right when you put the put it in widescreen. Mm. And now I need to reverse it. Cuz I've started posting on TikTok again cuz I had like a little couple months break. I posted a video again yesterday. Um but I need to start shooting in wide and re-engineering it for TikTok, not the other way around. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude, it's a fuck around the amount people are expected to post nowadays. And all the different formats and everything. Yeah, can we just keep one fucking format, dude? And then also, yeah. like, you subtitle it for TikTok, but you don't for YouTube. Like, all, yep. all this shit. It's so much work. Yeah. Which also explains why I still have a day job. That's It's because I'm like, no, yep. I don't want to make it a wide format. He works at, uh, was it, Opera Australia? Opera Australia, baby. Come Love say that. hi. <laughs> you can Google that. <laughs> I Love that. <laughs> Do you are you actually a fan of the opera or uh legally I don't know if I'm allowed to say. Um <laughs> I think uh look, I still haven't seen an opera, so I can't actually talk you're shit. Not, you're not an eighty year old billionaire or a uh twenty year old yeah. sex worker, so I don't think <laughs> I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the only clientele at the opera. Who the fuck else is it? Look, I have yet to see a twenty year old sex worker at the uh, at the opera. I'll be honest, dude. Oh, not they're on, really not on their choice. Like they're not there because they want to be. They're there for oh, that eighty year old. Right, because they get right? taken along. Yeah, yeah, hoping that they miss a step. Yeah, though. Yeah, I I uh, I get offered tickets all the time, and because shows are on at nighttime, like I never get to go. But uh, it's it's mm. become a real conversation with people at the office where they're like, you know, to work here, like you have to know about the opera, and I was like. Nah, like I'm, I've, I've, I've been here for two years now. What are you gonna do? Like, it's just I'm not interested. I'm not gonna watch a four hour, like, like Italian thing. You know, that's a bad. That's a bad <laughs> Italian. Thing. You know what operas are? But like, yeah, you have to, you have fat to Italian singing about yeah, love and heartbreak. Look, it's all very impressive. I get it. They don't need microphones. They're very loud. It's all very cool. I'm sure mm. it's an art. I've heard. I don't know. I don't agree with it. But I think <laughs> it, it, that's your thing. It's not my thing. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. You know? feel have that. you seen an opera? No, I don't think I have, man. I've, I've seen a few musicals. But, musicals uh, are sick. I love yeah, musicals. I love musicals, man. Uh, opera, uh, you know, different language. So I don't know what they're... Yeah. It sounds good. I don't know what they're saying though, so 
Yeah, but it all sounds kind of... Look, I know that it, fucking there's going to be one dude that listens to this that loves opera and hates what I'm about to say, but it all sounds the same. When it's in another language, it all just sounds the same. You know yeah. what I mean? When it's sung, it's all... Like, you know what I mean? It's like good. at some... At some good. point, yeah, no, th- I look, I've been, I've been, uh, fucking, you've been exposed like, sl- to a lot, s- slowly learning a lot about this. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, at some point, I'm just like, uh, four, four hours of this, how much change could there possibly be? Like, I can barely sit through an hour special. Like, I tried to watch Jimmy Carr's new one last night and I made it like 45 minutes in. I didn't like that one either. I didn't even make it 45. I am usually a huge fan of Jimmy Carr's. Good yeah, segue, by the way, because we want to talk about, uh, Louis C.K. special, which we both yeah. agree is, I, I, it's remarkable. I think it's Bang. one of, it, it, it could be the best special. I've, it's definitely the best special I've seen in recent memory. 100%. Um, it may even be one of the best I've ever seen. I, I really can't think of another special that's just kept me laughing consistently yeah. throughout that loudly as well. But 100%. Jimmy Carr's, I felt like he was going for this kind of working class British audience Mm. The whole vibe. Usually, he's is this how English people go from appealing to the upper class to the working class? They just unbutton one of their fucking <laughs> shirt buttons <laughs> of their three piece suit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm a bit working class now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, someone's letting go. <laughs> he. Yeah. Ah, it didn't do it for me, man. Like I, 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 yeah. I think we're gonna we're gonna talk about this anyway, but. He was clearly the whole. The whole. If anyone doesn't know, it was you know Jimmy Carr's dark jokes or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And man, there's a difference between dark jokes and jokes that are just saying mean things just for the sake of being mean. Um, yeah. There's but still both dark jokes, but it doesn't mean that it's a good joke just because you're saying some uh, very incendiary things. Yeah, well, he also has the added, like, difficulty, and I feel this way about a lot of, like, the one-line dudes, where after, like, 25 minutes, you just naturally, you like, you're done, you know what I mean, as an audience member. Like, it's <laughs> yeah. been 25 minutes of, even if they're the best one-liners you ever heard in your entire life, after 25 minutes, the rhythm needs to change. You're because not wrong. Yeah. I'm already like ahead of you. I think like I know where this joke's going to end rhythmically, even if I don't know what you're going to say. You know mm. what I mean? And I think at 25 minutes, you just start to get a little bit exhausted. And right around that time, I'm not sure if you remember or if you even got this far, like half an hour in, 25 minutes in, something like that. He just starts doing like, like public domain material, like memes about like back in my day, you guys have Netflix. We used to call that Blockbuster. Did you get up to that? No. That was dude, he, had a, he had a whole ten minute section that I just couldn't watch, which was like oh, he's ver- training which, up for the Aussie cruise ships, isn't he? <laughs> yeah, which that's what I'm saying. It's like all live the shit from that- Hornsby RSL, Jimmy Carr. <laughs> <laughs> because he he, it's all that. It's all the stuff that we've seen a million times of someone being like, "Oh, you guys have Tinder." Oh, well, th- back in my day, we didn't have Tinder. The internet was a phone book, and it was just that <laughs> for ten to fifteen minutes. It's like. Does he know that other people have talked about this? That is a character. It, as a character, that's I find that hilarious. If you're a character not knowing. Yeah, yeah no, just doing the whole back in my day. And I was like, dude, how old are you? You're fucking 45. Yeah, that's <laughs> like, the other thing that pissed me off is he was like, you guys wouldn't remember this, but phone books were, and it's one of those things where it's like, everybody in the room still remembers phone books. 
Like that's not a that's not a scenario that we're in. We all remember what a phone book is. Yeah. And also, I th- I think it's like I would give it to you, but I think it, that's why I said public domain jokes because I feel like there's this genre of material that isn't anybody's. Like it sort of belongs to comedy. Mm. You know what I mean? And I like just that like, public domain jokes. Yeah, where it's like I this like isn't. That. You can't really credit anyone with it. Just everybody knows about them. And yeah. that, yeah, Netflix used to be Blockbuster, all that. I I don't know where that came from, but everybody knows about it. Mm. And so if you're a professional comedian on stage doing that, I'm like, bro, you're getting, you're maybe one of the highest paid comics. You're doing mm. public domain material. It's weird. Yeah, and I don't understand why he needed to do a special specifically doing dark jokes because his material has always been dark and it's yeah. been... Very witty and and clever, and his timing is immaculate. I, and look, his timing is yeah. always going to be great. But I, yeah, just I didn't even get up to that point. Was not yeah. a fan. But the Louis C.K. special. Um, so for anyone who hasn't seen it, I cannot recommend this special enough. Louis C.K. Sorry. So for a bit of background, Louis C.K. was uh, quote unquote cancelled. What was it? Three or four years ago. And he uh, masturbated in front of a couple of women. Mm-hmm. However, he asked them, can I masturbate in front of you? And they said yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's all sorts of issues about him being in a position of power. What yep. choice do they have to say yes? I don't know about that one, man. I think regardless of someone's in a position of power if someone asks you the question can i jack off in front of you it's a very weird question to ask don't get me wrong yeah and i don't know when he's asking it is he asking it at a party after they've chatted to each other for a bit or is it just you know straight after the like like during the business meeting hey this is what i'm thinking (laughs) for this special by the way can i jack off in front of you Uh, what yeah Yeah. (laughs) hey here we go so yeah a bit inappropriate but uh, forgivable in my books it is, look, I think it is, it, I, I don't think, there's very few people that are unredeemable. You know what I mean? Mm. And I think that is something where it's like, there definitely is a path to redemption. Um, For him, absolutely. Th- that was, that specifically was one of like the biggest gray area things of all time because it was all about consent up until then. And then it came out that he got consent and then they were like, oh no, but also this, you know what I mean? Yeah. And do you remember the Dave Chappelle uh, joke about uh, one of the women saying, Louis C.K. jacking off in front of me ruined my comedy dreams? And he's like, bitch, I don't know if you had a dream. <laughs> like, I, I call that Martin a weak Lu- Martin Luther King was like, <laughs> I'll have a dream. Oh, I can't do it. This white guy's jacking off in front of me. <laughs> now, that yeah. was a funny well, Dave Chappelle joke. That's a great funny... Dude... Uh, yeah, I, I did you want to because I thought that um it would be interesting yeah if we do talk about the parallels of those two specials yeah because they both have come out uh relatively near each other and they've both caused a reasonable amount of controversy the Dave Chappelle one those unparalleled that one uh, was mm. all over the internet and mm. I've already spoken at length about that on this yeah. podcast on my YouTube channel people are probably sick of it already so they know yeah. my views I don't like it at all. And I definitely distinguish from not liking it because it was offensive versus not liking it because it just, I just think it was bad comedy. Yeah. There were no good punchlines. They weren't constructed well. And then Louis CK comes out with Sorry, which is 
everything about it. This is vintage Louis C.K. I, I, I rewatched Hilarious, which I always thought was his his other uh, best piece of work. I mm-hmm. think this is better than that. This yeah, is I- just bangers from start to finish. And that last couple of minutes about uh, – him actually exploring the new uh, ideas about gender and and mm. sexuality, but in in such a vintage Louis C.K. interesting, unique, hilarious way. Yeah, uh, it, that is the apex of comedy. That's a guy I'm willing to put up there as. Hey, this is the goat. This is the man we 100%. all want to be. This is the pinnacle of our art form. Not the yeah. Dave Chappelle special. That I refuse to accept. That is the pinnacle of our art form. That we. And I know, like, people will say, why are you so passionate? Why do you care so much? Well, like, this is our life. This is our career. And Mm. I want to have something up there that I can really look up to and say, I love this. This is something I want to aspire to be. And and the Dave Chappelle special was just not that. The Louis C.K. special absolutely was. So uh, what were your thoughts on it? Dude, 100%. I think, uh, yeah, the the Louis special, I think it might be his best one. Agreed. I honestly think it might. It was because I was watching this is and this is the uh, the main difference between Louis special and the, okay. So the, I'm just gonna say this: when I watched it, I went like, "Oh fuck, jokes." You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I forgot about these. It's such a good point. Yeah. It's just jokes, like the entire way through, wall to wall. There isn't a moment where he gets like sincere with the audience, and he's like, "Okay, but it's been a really hard time for me for the last couple of years." You know what I mean? Like, no, he doesn't no. do that. He doesn't do any of that shit. It's just, it comes out, doesn't even say hi, just goes straight into a joke. Mm. And it's just jokes, 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 all the way up until the end. And you never leave thinking, oh, he thought some of that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it was, it's, no. it was, because it was so clear that he was just fucking around from the yeah, very he, beginning. Oh, his delivery is masterful. He's perfected his uh, presence and his. Well, it's not his character. It's just authentically him on stage yeah. by all but, accounts. And you, mm. you're absolutely right. Pure yeah. joke work for the whole one hour. And yeah. the, the hit rate as well. Mm. Not even a minute or two of silence. Yeah, no long like- setups. Just everything was a, every tangent, every angle mm. ended in a punchline. And Brilliant. also nothing easy. You know what I mean? no really low-hanging fruit like it was all it's like and and it was like like you said like vintage louis where it's like sure they were like dumber jokes but there were fun ways to do them you yeah but I mean? he does like, it in such a exact he, he, he like the when he's impersonating the black woman for example yeah many yeah, that yeah, could yeah. easily be done in a hack mm. way yes where yeah. you, you know um something i would have done five years ago probably Let's be honest. I do today. <laughs> but, so, something we would all do today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I was walking through New York and I spoke to this black woman and she was like, oh, child, or whatever, something like that. <laughs> but the way he did it, he just yeah. constructs the. You're laughing at him being aware of his own yeah. stupidity. It's the conflict inside. Yeah. He's doing the impression. And then he gets to the impression at the end as well and breaks yeah. that tension and. And, and and it's funny, and it's almost, uh, to a degree, it's ineffable because it, it, there's so many intricacies to the way he delivers it, and it, it, every little pause, every, the man is like a an economist of words. He is just yeah. so perfect with his word economy when he delivers a joke, and the, yeah. it, it seems so effortless, but that has been practiced um, 
I'm sure hundreds of times to different 100%. audiences and every pause at a different moment. Like that, that is that is just craftsmanship at its best. And yeah. it's really interesting how you said uh, a couple of minutes ago that uh, it was good comedy because it was just jokes throughout because a lot of people who I think aren't as well-versed in comedy as we may be mm. actually like it now when comedians don't just do comedy. It's now, it was a form of critical, you know, it would garner critical praise when a comedian would uh, shy away from jokes for at least a portion of the set. Mm. Hell, I did some of that in my early uh, shows I, I regret it now but um mm. i look at the time you know it was the thing to do <laughs> but but also at the time it wasn't like it was now which is everyone does the shit yeah you're right and uh that immediately tells me this person doesn't know about comedy when they say yeah it was yeah. so good and there were points where they just were being serious and that's what made it good. Made me think. Uh, well, yeah. then, th- then it made you think it was a good think piece. It wasn't good yeah, comedy. Great. You realize they're different forms of language. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Go watch The View, cunt. That's not <laughs> what we're here for. <laughs> it, I, I, Read a transcript <laughs> of a BuzzFeed article. <laughs> yeah, go. It's like no one's stopping you, dude. But the entire... because And this is the issue with... Um, that blend shit, right? Like the blend comedy, which is like, mm. oh, but they got meaningful for a second because then it muddies what is actually, it muddies what stand up comedy is because then it goes like, wait, are you joking or are you not? Because if you're, if you're going to be the comedian that goes, hey, it's just jokes, but there's like a massive 20 minute section where you're saying exactly what you think. Don't be surprised when people are like, I think this guy thinks this shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah, it's jarring. Because most people aren't thinking about it that deeply. You know what I mean? It's like most. It's like oh, okay. So now every comedian thinks uh, is saying exactly what they're thinking. It's like that's only happened because of like the new Dave Chappelle specials and shit like that, where it's like there's a heavy portion of and now time to say something, mm. which then makes you go like, did he mean what he was saying or were those jokes? I don't know. Yeah, and. It's being judged. There's there's a culture war split in the art of comedy now, where where in, on the I guess the progressive side, comedy is judged based on whether it has the right ethos and or mm. political message. And then now on the uh, reactionary side, which I would, I would group Dave Chappelle special in this, mm. comedy is judged based on whether it pisses off the other side the most. Yeah, exactly. Regardless of whether it's good well-constructed comedy yeah. oh look at how pissed off those uh, the trans people got <laughs> they're just jokes yeah hey snowflakes and then you turn around and go like okay here's one about the anzacs and they go whoa 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 yeah yeah piss on the flag in front of them see what they do yeah it'd be like, it's just a joke bro. it's like yeah it's just because it's not your thing it's not yeah. the thing that you hold sacred so you're like this is funny it's, yeah, exactly. I, I, I like to think that, like, I, I like to think that I hold nothing sacred, right? And that's the nah, like what we, we all do. Well, I'm sure we all do, but I don't think there's anything that anyone can put in a joke where I go, "Well, hold on a second. You know what I mean? Like, I'm I, I don't that. do it, please. I would, I would love <laughs> that. I'll report back if I've ever Look, uh, triggered sh- Alex. I'm sure the first time someone tries, I'll be like, "Okay, enough." <laughs> I'm sure I immediately get triggered. <laughs> But, like, I think uh, it's the thing about, like, uh, Dave mm. Chappelle's special. And, like, can, the I, people can I jump in real quickly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I think we've just uh, showcased what we're 
almost triggered by because we value good comedy. And in in a um, sense, we are we're triggered by the by the response. I guess so. To yeah. uh, certain types of comedy, and it just shows Oscar. it's just it's just emblematic of what we value and what we've put time and effort into. That's a good point. That's the I think it's because once you see someone doing the thing that you love badly it does make you feel a certain way it's like and seeing how it gets responded to as well if people mm. love something that's awful you're right i think that does probably trigger me a little bit damn the killer was coming from inside the house the entire time there you go shit yeah well see like i like i think with the um the Chappelle special which was like a good example of like people just like happy that it pissed off the other side because everyone has been introduced to someone like you need to meet my friend he's the funniest cunt you need to meet him bro oi travis fucking say something and then travis is like made my girlfriend get an abortion and then his friends lose it <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah and, and you're just like oh oh uh, uh and they're like oh look at this fucking trigger it's like oh no you guys just never develop past that part we're just saying the wrong thing. <laughs> Your comedic development was stunted. Ended in high school. You're comedically retarded, basically. <laughs> yes, that's what we're saying. Which is like, don't get me wrong. There's nothing funnier than saying the wrong shit at the right time. But yeah. like, it's all the awareness. Because that Louis thing, right? It's like, it's not just about what he's saying. It's about what's happening while he's saying, like the stuff in between the words. Because like mm. with the imp- like the thing where he does the impersonation of the black woman... What's funny isn't the impersonation of the black woman. It's the conflict that he has with what he's about to say. You know what and I the, mean? Yeah, the awkwardness of him doing it was yeah, funny th- to me. Th- he's like, well, I'm here. Ah, oh, fuck. All right. Like, it's, and obviously that's all written in. But, like, that is the way, that's where you like, oh, this guy's not only aware of what he's doing. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, but it's like he's being able to play into that. Like, it's another tool. It's layered. Yeah. yeah that's and- when it's good. And that's not to say, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with doing an impersonation of a black woman or anything like that. Like, mm. there are some people that would be able to do that impersonation brilliantly. 100%. And that would be funny. And I think regardless of whatever their race may be, people should mm. be given cultural license to do that. Yeah. Uh, but that, that's just an example of a point in the special where he he had a more... There were layers to what he was doing, and I was laughing both at the impression because he's actually it was actually a good impression. It was good impression. <laughs> at the end, of it, it was pretty good. <laughs> uh, but the situation surrounding it and how he set that up and how he made mm. it look so effortless and mm. and how it made it look like he stumbled into that. It's just it's genius, yeah. man. He's so he comes across so casual on stage, but you know that's been meticulously planned. Yeah, I love a guy. I think now he he's the he's my goat. Uh, he has to be. It was Bill Burr there for for a while, but no, I think he's he's got the top spot now, and he's still <laughs> what fifty two, fifty three. Could sh- hopefully have another at least one more decade of uh, really good Louis C.K. specials, independently yeah. produced as well. Mm. This is this is great. It's just great news for comedy. It's yeah, exactly. That's it's like seeing someone at that level doing it independently and it's successful like that's a good thing because also i think none of the shit that went down around Chappelle's special would have went down if it wasn't on netflix like if he just released that Mm. i don't think half like there would be no hannah gadsby tweeting at 
Ted Sarandos. Is that the guy? Uh, the Netflix yeah, guy? Yeah, that was so, Whatever. But like, so all, all, all of that shit around that, it just wouldn't happen. Because like, Louis releases a special. Have you heard a peep yet of, out of anybody? Other than people being like, hey, it was really good. No, oh, you have? Some people, because he advertised it on Saturday Night Live or something. And yeah, his oh. ad is probably the funniest thing Saturday Night Live has, has done in oh, a couple of years. I have um, Oh, I... Uh, I don't even know what the ad was, but it was just Louis got a new special, and there was oh. uh, there was a bit of outrage. I think. Look, nowadays when people say there was outrage, what that means is there was a handful of people who tweeted, and then media companies found those yeah. tweets, amplified it, made it seem like the outrage is a lot more than it really is, and that mm. just results in reactionary outrage, and uh, they get a lot of money. So, yeah, uh, I don't know how much outrage there really was, uh, but you can't deny the 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 brilliance of the comedy itself. But uh, it, it, it's that last bit, it's going to stick with me for many, many years to come. Uh, mm. you, you know it's good comedy when, like there's a few Chris Rock jokes that I haven't stopped thinking about every now and again for over a decade. And mm. uh, it's a bit about, ah, fuck it, I'll give it the, the punchline in there, which was just like, uh, you know, gay men today are men and straight men are fags, which yeah, sounds yeah, yeah, simple. Yeah. But the way he set it up and the way he led up to that, I was on the floor. I was actually (laughs) lamowing. That was just brilliant. The way he, everything that led up to that punchline. Genius, genius. That that entire back section, because also it's like, it was a good example because he touches on uh, like the, like the trans movement and like the yeah. non-binary he touches on all of it but it's never not jokes like yeah. that's the other thing it's like it was just a good way it's like oh because i mean this was i'll tell you what it, it summed it up really well when he was like young people have good ideas he was like they have good ideas they're being a little bit cunty about it but they have good ideas yeah and it's like that right okay cool so like that's a and now we're in you know mm. what i mean mm. instead of being like i'm old and this is why it bothers me about what's happening you know? Yeah. And then even if you are going to take that angle, make it, we've heard it, you know, we, we get it. All right. Yeah. You don't understand the world. We get it. Oh yeah. No, another old dude that's upset. All right. Yeah. Let's, let's listen to it again. Yeah. yeah. We get, and then we're going to assume you're upset. Bro, those guys are oh, young people today. Fuck it. I don't understand it. They're offended yeah. at everything. It's like you're doing an hour of you being offended at and don't get me wrong, I yeah. fucking hate the the young people they're talking about too. Yeah. But um man, that shit it. The yeah, whole well, like, it, oh, they're soft, they're soy boys. It's like, dude, you've got D cups. <laughs> you know, old men or oh men aren't today aren't real men. It's like, yeah, yeah. you need a if you need a push up bra, I don't think Brother, you get you to tits. say young men aren't real men. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because that's... Oh, dude, I'll tell you what. The best example of that was... Did you watch Australia Then and Now? No. That was kind of a trick question almost. I don't, uh, no one did. Do you think I, I would have? <laughs> no. But it oh, was Beck on was Channel on 7. It. I was going to watch it, but... Beck yeah, was on it, right? Nah. But it was on Channel 7. And it was exactly that, which was like... It was uh, them showing clips to older people in Australia and like Merv Hughes. And, 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 and the entire show may as well have been called Merv Hughes Just Gets Mad and Shakes His Fist. Like at, at video clips, like because he's showing him, like, what do you think of this? And it, no matter what it is, it could be like the fucking, like it was. I think one was like a a catwalk. I think one was like just like a catwalk right, of like right. a fashion show. Which, by the way, that's 
no one young this never in history has the population dressed like what is on the catwalk the catwalk has always been like a little bit crazy. Yeah. It always has been. And he was like, and it was like duct tape and shit like that. And he was like, oh, fucking kids. And he's just like <laughs> the entire time, just furious. It's the funniest. See, that is funny. Like, that, I'm like, but the issue is he doesn't know what he's doing. Like, he doesn't know how funny that actually is. Right. Because you can tell it really, like, he just, like, it just bubbles up past him. But when someone goes up and goes like, young people get fucking triggered. It's like, yeah, but you went away and like spent hours to write a joke on this, and with Who's, you know what I mean. And also, this was that was good in 2016, man. Like it's done. Yeah, I, I don't know, but but maybe it's just a style now that's gonna it'll it'll be like black comedy. You know, they're just the the mm-hmm. making fun of uh, lefties or or PC people now is just a new style, and there'll be some comedians that do it better than others, and. Hell, it's mm. sure it's a it's a common theme in my comedy as well. But uh, to make it just this, yeah, to to do like a twenty minute rant, and to do the typical like, oh, back in my day we had this, back in my day we had this. Like, oh, okay, all right, yeah, <laughs> okay, I, okay, well, I th- okay. I think that's just what happens when you're further removed from other comedians. Like, I think the more successful you get, the inclination is usually you become more and more removed. And so yeah. you're not as at the clubs as much and you stop seeing how people make things work. Cause like you can, I think there's like, there's no topic that you can't make work, right? It's just a matter of figuring out how to get your way into it. And it's too easy to just be like young people are stupid now. Cause that's already been said and no one's arguing. Yeah, young people have always been stupid. No one agrees more than me, man. Like I fucking yeah. hate all the work shit. But- <laughs> yeah. But it's like, it's still figure, it's like, yes, but we are still at a comedy show. Write an op-ed, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There are other avenues for you to go if you just want to talk about how angry you are at young people. But this is, this isn't specifically for you to get something off your chest. Bro, make it funny. Do something different. Like, that's the whole point of like, going to the clubs, seeing how everybody's doing everything. And I wonder if Chappelle and his special, I wonder if he's just at at that level where you can't convince him that it wasn't that good. You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if he's so far removed. Bro, the guy in the middle of the special, he's like, some would say, I'm the goat. Yeah. Oh, man, he lost me so much there. Because that wasn't sarcastic. No, yeah, he believed it. <laughs> yeah, and and this is the, something about goat status is like, it, it you don't it, say it, you don't claim that. That's for the fans yeah. to decide. It, that's kind of it. It's like it's one of those things where until you're dead, you can't claim it. And there's something about American comedy audiences. Look, there's positives and negatives. Australian comedy audiences can be very dry, especially mm. if, you know where you're from in Brisbane. Well, Jesus Christ! But uh, the worst and these are the these are the the club rooms. Not not yeah. Not everyone has come to see me. Amazing, but um, <laughs> yeah, I remember doing one show. One of the first gigs I did in Brisbane. It was basically in a fucking pokey room, and yeah, there were right. there was one couple up the front, and then I think some like Halzo people near them, and then mm. a group of dudes in high vis up the back. And I'm like, yeah, welcome to Brisbane. But yeah. um, American audiences are really uh. Like up uh, for it? Giving, but giving and and sort of rapturous with their applause to mm-hmm. a degree that's off-putting. You know, right. people will just say you feel like something, you're being f- and they'll like, "Woo!" 
what, dude. They didn't fucking say anything. Shut yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. That. That. I'll tell you what, though. That might be why the best comics come out of America, though, because you're just encouraged so much that you keep going. Because I reckon there's a lot of comics that could be <laughs> fantastic in Australia, but you get discouraged by the pokey Brisbane audience. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because even if you crush, even if you crush at a pokey's room, no one's coming up to you afterwards and not saying anything but insulting things. Like, even if you just made them laugh for like half an hour. Yeah, you're pretty like, good, mate. <laughs> yeah, you're pretty fucking good. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I've been thinking about it. I've been thinking about getting into it. It's yeah. like because every every cunt in Australia thinks they're funny. It's like baked into our culture. No, there's just a, there's a part of Australian culture that's uh, where uh, dark comedy, the the bastardized version of dark comedy, is just saying fucked stuff. In Australian culture, it's just there's this conflation that being funny is just doing fucked drunk things. Oh, yeah. my mate's so fucking funny. One time he got so fucking pissed and he just whipped yeah. his dick out on the top floor, just swung it around. Yeah. <laughs> what a comedian. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sorry, man. I was just picturing all the times I had to fake laugh at that shit when someone says something like that to me. Yeah, because you just get over it real quick. You're like, hey, just so you know, you're the millionth guy to think, I'll get my dick out right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You're the mi- millionth is being kind as well. Yeah. Because I'm sure this is the thing. The first time anyone ever got their dick out, hilarious. First time in history anyone <laughs> ever got their dick out, that's the funniest thing that anyone's ever seen. True. By but now, it would have been normal. Because back, because before clothes, then then like one random tribe would have started wearing some clothes and someone would have yeah, been maybe it was, maybe like, it was funny doing? then to hide your dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To just like tuck your dick away. <laughs> Maybe that was the funny thing to say. The dumb cunts of the Stone Age becoming like, oh, where is it? Oh, fuck. How did he come up with it? Bro, that actually, I'm for real. That's funny. If someone did do that now, if someone was like, where's my dick, boys? I would, I would laugh. I actually would laugh. That's, that's it. That's oh, thing. yeah, always... my mate, Jono, he's transgender, eh? He's, he's like, oh, where, where'd his dick go? Fuck. <laughs> no, I've always said that they, I can't believe there still isn't a trans comic that is like the bogan trans because co- I was like that would have such crazy commercial appeal <laughs> bogan trans they probably like a bogan a trans out, comic I reckon there'd be some out uh, have you heard of any? I haven't I just think when I find one I'm gonna invest all of my money <laughs> I, I'm gonna be like I'm gonna manage this take you a tour that has to be that's gonna be the next thing bogan trans I'm about to live in a mansion, dude. Yeah, I can see that, bro. I can actually see that generating some good uh, revenue at the RSLs. So yeah, you know, yeah, I like because it's like it. The last wave was like Bogan Hot Woman, right? Like right. That, that was like, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was like a generation for a little bit of comedy, which was like the hot chick who comes from a working class background, and she'd do the RSL circuit. And then she eventually makes it onto TV, and there hasn't really been anything since that. So the next step has to be Bogan trans. Has there been a Bogan gay? Oh, we we skipped through that oppressed group. So yeah, at what point are gay men no longer oppressed? Like how much more? Because they, yeah, I think because they make more (laughs) money than the average straight man. They're just yeah. all-round better people, man. Like, they're well-groomed. They're killing it in their career. 
They yeah. have great relationships. They can fuck whenever they want. If they oh, live, okay. Is- if they live in capital cities, I know. Yes. Yeah, I'll, country I'll towns. Get some messages being like, you know, I'm I'm LGBT. I live in this country town. It's rough. Okay, that that mm. is rough. But yeah. if you live in a capital city, oh, it's it would be like better to be gay in Sydney. It, yeah, no, a hundred percent. Not a day goes by that I wish I wasn't gay in this city, because. <laughs> Because this is like the this is the mecca for gay. It's like every if you go to Oxford Street and shit like that, they're having the best fucking time. It's the mecca Everybody for gay dudes and is and Muslim. <laughs> Eastern Sydney is okay. I meant the gay store. mecca, and then Western Sydney is actual mecca. <laughs> yeah, they're not oppressed anymore in capital cities. No, I don't think so. Because and this is how you know they're not. You can meet boring gay people. Uh, yeah. You, you yeah. know what I mean? Like, At what point will the will the like flamboyance of Mardi Gras just l- become obsolete? I, look, I, I don't think it'll ever actually... I don't think it'll become obsolete, nor do I, I... I like the flamboyance, but I'm saying, like, I feel like you know when a group is more normalized, when you can meet one that's just like, yeah, I just work at Combank. <laughs> will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. W- yeah. Will Gibb, great example. You know what I mean? Which is the most boring gay dude you've ever met. You're like, this is like, you know, like, cause it sets it like the whole like TV, like, like the introduction of gay characters on TV was always sort of like flamboyant and like, obviously like, oh, this is what yeah, gay is like. True. And yeah. then you just meet someone that's just like normal and you're like, okay. Oh, sweet. So we're, this is fine now. I feel like. Yeah. I think we're there. I think I, we're there. I, I think, think we're we there. Can say faggot again. <laughs> I think straight men are the oppressed ones now. Yeah, well, this is this is. Uh, I wonder who is the most oppressed. Is has it gone back the other way? Do you think is it back to straight men? In capital cities for people in their twenties, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, the narrative is that it's not, but I think so. The contempt, blamed for everything. White men, man, I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that. Fuck, if I'm ever <laughs> gonna get cancelled, but like. Um, it's dude. so interesting that you, yeah, you can't even have that opinion. You know what I mean? I'll tell you what, this is my, this is my thought. Okay. You're uh, the reason you and I think that is because we're in the creative arts, right? Yeah. In and the creative. Also your, this is like your podcast parody. <laughs> I'm gonna get cancelled. Oh, 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 bro, I'm gonna get cancelled for saying this, man. Yeah, oh, bro. The oh, the fucking mobs what? gonna the woke mobs gonna come after me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, but yeah, go on. Sorry. No, but I think it's it's because we definitely live in a bubble. I think like I saw um an article from this comic, this girl that n- never does gigs. Like I've seen her do two gigs, but she did an article um about what comedy's like in Sydney. And uh, the article was basically like, yeah, if you want to fucking, if you love straight white men, then this is the place for you. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like these is, it's like, if you look at all the esteemed gigs, it's all very, very diverse. Like it's actually really, really good. And I was like, I will concede if I was in banking, I'd probably do a lot better than you. Like I'd probably be, I the privilege would probably work in my favor. You know what I mean? Because I don't think it's reached out Bro, there even yet. Then, I you think know. so? I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But uh, all the CEOs in America are Indian or of Indian origin. They're like American Indian. Oh, really? Um, And they're like, there is a lot of uh, now, I think that has changed. But also, you just got to look at the population demographics. Yeah. 
A lot of white men and white people will dominate things just due to basic demographics of white people still being, I don't know, 80 plus percent of the Australian population. Yeah, true. Yeah, I guess, see, this is the thing. I've stopped, like, even caring about it because it's like, what gets solved at the end of the argument? You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's uh, actually the opposite. I don't think, I think white men are actually just have a normal level of self-esteem and everyone else is insecure. You know how they always say, do all white men do? The confidence of a mediocre white man. No, that's what normal self-esteem looks like. You're just really insecure and anxious. Oh, dude, you haven't... It's like, oh, you you think white men are confident? Wait until you meet a Japanese grandma. It's like, that (laughs) woman is... She'll throw shoes at you. Like, she's just coming in, touching everything. Meet an Indian mother. That is yeah, I was cockiness. like, it's like, yeah, there are more confident cultures out there for sure. I think white Australian men are actually pretty meek. Like, like, yeah, because we're very, because Australia, well, we're <laughs> Australians are very, uh, um, well, that's my internalized racism. Uh, <laughs> Australia's got tall poppy syndrome. It's just an insecure culture. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I always used to think. Cause like the Serb culture is very, very loud, right? It's like. It's it's very loud and very like out there and just say your thought and argue arguing is fine like arguing isn't rude. Mm. And going from there to like uni, people used to be like, "Oh, you're a bit arrogant," and I'd be like, "I fucking I'm just taking the bus." Like, <laughs> I just walked in. Yeah, I was like, "What the fuck?" Yeah, it, I always used to get that, and I was. Just, I I think it's just like the, that's the difference in culture where it's like it's encouraged to be loud. Mm. And for some reason, Australia doesn't like that. It's confirmation bias as well. If you've internalized the idea that white men got all these advantages that maybe are true, maybe are not, it's very hard to quantify something like that because you'd have to compare the upbringings, the cultures, the mm. the level of economic disparity, all sorts of things like that, that they say are taken into account, but they're definitely cherry picked to yeah. suit the narrative. And it then becomes a bit of a self-fulfilling prophecy because if you then put all this emphasis and significance on the so-called privileged white men have well you then just participate in confirmation bias by every little event where you see a white person or a white man Mm. that is maybe ahead of you which is a a broad concept in itself in 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 and of itself but uh you just confirm that whenever you see now, no matter what, a white man walks into a party and makes a loud, rude joke. You're just going to think, aha, see? Yeah. There yeah, it yeah, is. Yeah. yeah. There it is. And because I, I actually did used to think this way when I was uh, a lot younger. Uh, mm. I, I just had that typical mentality of, oh, I'd be famous now if I was white. Uh, and then right. I examined that and I thought, where the hell did that come from? Mm. Really, where did that come from? And what? I was just indoctrinated to think that way. I had that. There's no actual evidence for to to say that. I just <laughs> I just accepted yeah. that because it's easier. Because then I don't have to take any personal responsibility. The, uh, the favorite topic on this podcast. So, <laughs> what do you remember? What got? Because it's not an easy thing to just go like one day I questioned it. It's like, do you remember the thing that triggered that? Where you were like, I should probably look inward. Do you remember how, like yeah, having that moment? Being a bitch, man. Like I just stopped <laughs> realizing what I don't have to be. What? What am I so intimidated of white men for? What? Yeah, right. All right, they're taller than me, and but they can't dance. All right, who cares? True. 
I can dance though. I fucking got <laughs> hips. I got hips, bro. I did Shani Serbian Tatum folk dancing until I was twelve. Hey, I oh, that shit dance. Oh wait, wait, brother, you'll see it. I'm good at that shit. I'm very good at dancing. I'm oh, weirdly shit. good at dancing. I'm okay. weirdly good at dancing. For someone this size, bro, it's because that's what happens. You have two older sisters. You grow up there. You watch all the step-ups. Like, you watch Honey. You watch all those things. And you start to just, like, I remember there were, there were straight-up memories I have of, like, you, like, like them putting the TV on. And I would just mm. stand in front of the TV and, like, mimic the dance moves. I'm so naturally good at it, it's crazy. Like... It's a big Bro, call. I used to think that clubbing was what it looked like in Step Up. That's I think that's why I really focused on it. I was like, when I grow up, I'm gonna need to show up to the clubs with the boys, with the crew, with the crew, with a perfectly in sync <laughs> dance routine. To that's really what girl. I thought it was. And yeah, so what, I was like, what, those dance movies were the best. <laughs> you get you got this crew with this like perfect in sync routine and yeah. the girls just like mm, check mm, not good enough mm. yeah and they've made up a fucking routine for you suck his dick yeah yeah what are I, you doing exactly it's like just say hi at least jesus christ the amount of effort this motherfucker just went through he did a backflip like i used to think that that's what you did you went in with the boys <laughs> you v formationed a dance me at the front with a backwards cap <laughs> and and you dance your little heart out to fucking timberland's sh- like fucking bounce that ah uh, ah uh, boom 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 i that and that's why i spent so much time i was like I'm, i need to be good at this when i get older you eyed off your uh your rival your school rival oh dude you had to, you had to dance battle that guy <laughs> it reminds me of all the conservative folk the dancing. End, he was like man fuck this <laughs> <laughs> you guys are lame anyway <laughs> not not that far from the truth because like in Serbian folk dancing there's this because like it's a very simple dance you've seen like Zorba dancing and shit like that right which is like it's a lot of you guys are just holding hands in circles mm. and like going to the right a couple steps and then going to the left a couple steps right but even in that I would like see the guys that were better at going left and right than me and I'd be like fucking one day <laughs> like because depending on <laughs> one depending on how good you were at moving left and right they would put you at either end of the Ooh, circle okay and, and there were times where I was in the middle and I'd be like I'm gonna make it to the fucking all the way over there bro just you wait damn it really wasn't that long ago where every guy could just dance even there was what swing dancing, all of that. That's how they met, isn't it? In the, yeah, I don't know the the thirties. <laughs> yeah, like with the little, the little radio. Yeah, dude, that's the shit <laughs> right, that madam, fucking. Would you like pe- to dance? Yeah, that was, was all, cool, was polite, man. Chivalrous, and so it, I think dancing's dope. Like I think because I remember walking into a club for the first time and just seeing people bounce on each other. <laughs> Wait, and what? just being like so disappointed. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because the actual person who dances well at the club is a weird. Weirdo. If I saw someone, da- I, imagine if you saw someone dancing at a club now. That's a cry for attention. You know? Yeah, you would be like, oh, shut the fuck up. Like, it would be the most annoying, um... frustrating thing. But everyone else bouncing, that's good. Normal people. Yeah. Yeah, not even bouncing. You just got to sort of nod your head and, and yeah, eye all off. that different targets bro that was my favorite part of going to the clubs with boys because I, I again early on i was like me and my friends we're gonna go dancing and then like me and the boys were like in the middle and you, we were just like <laughs> and th- that was like such a key part of the thing was like realizing oh i'm not dancing with my friends i'm dan i'm like bouncing here while they sort of half nod and just look around <laughs> and yeah. just, until bro, hunting ground 
And then what? A girl's supposed to come up to you? I've, I still haven't seen it work. Does that work? No. Does that, I don't think that's ever worked. You just you catch eyes with a girl across the dance floor. Oh, she, she smiles yeah. at you. She takes a sip of her drink with the fucking straw. Yeah. And you just like smooth talk, smooth walk your way over to her and then just say some kind of line. That's not yeah. the reality at all. You can't hear anyone at a club. No, it's so an awful place try, to meet people. You'll have people. some line prepared and she'll be like, what? And you'll be like, no, 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 what? What? And then she's turned off already. Yeah, I love well, that. Sorry, every... I don't have volume. Yeah, that's such an aphrodisiac, dude. Every dude, fucking this is dudes in clubs are the funniest shit because like a guy will buy a Tara Cash shirt and a rum and coke, and now he's Will Smith. You know what I mean? Now he's like, now he's like all sexy and shit in the club. Like he's confident. <laughs> it's just, it's the most cringe thing to see. Yeah, it's it's the worst place to pick people Can't up. Hell, man, and that's never that's not really how the, the people who. I see that pick up in clubs are purely like, like it's as close to some caveman shit as you get. It's the dudes that yeah. are just, they're the not necessarily the biggest, but they, they're probably in a crew. They clearly got the highest status within that given crew. Yeah. Yeah. They're and the most popular guy at the docks. Kind of a, like the borderline between, you know, super assertive and like assault. And they just, <laughs> just come in before assault and that works. Yeah, that's the thing, bro. If I didn't have comedy, I think about this all the time. If I didn't have comedy, I would have never had sex. Same, hundred percent. Like, what? How do? You, like, like all of that of like going up to a girl in the club, all that. What? What? Why did you? I said, can I buy you a dr-? like all that? Nah, no too much paperwork, way. bro. And when I have picked up girls at uh uh bars, it's usually after a gig. Or they, yeah, they know who I am or whatever. I remember yeah, that. Yeah. I remember the first girl that um, slept with me that didn't know who I was mm-hmm. more than I remember my first time. Because my first time was after Australian two minutes. <laughs> 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 was that the video or was that what you named the sex? Uh, a bit that, of both. Were you doing the both. accent I've done that too. joke. But, hey, speaking of fucking easy jokes. All right, come on. That was that was low hanging fruit. That was that was easy. That was easy. And it was probably quicker than two minutes, let's be honest. But um Has anyone ever asked for cog dog during sex? Has anyone ever done that? Nah. 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 Would I you? Have a character Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like take that color. <laughs> Yeah, you're my hoe. <laughs> you're my number you're my number three hoe. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought of um, doing like a cog dog uh, album. I've still want to do that where it's just uh, uh, mid 2000s club R&B bangers, but they're right. just shit. Like I've got one that's like um, shake it for a real curry, which is just, like, <laughs> just one of those like Jarul fucking 2002 bangers. Right. But he's just in the club being like, yeah, girl, I see you there. I want you to come here, drop it for a real curry. <laughs> and like, it doesn't even make sense. <laughs> Bro, you got to do that with the fucking, like the old sort of like Akon sort of style. You know what I mean? And um, the first, you know, when they do skits on rap albums, where they go, yeah. the, the, so the first skits him really intense, scary music, and he's going into the like uh, the record label executive's office, and then he's mm-hmm. just like, they're like, hey, uh, we've uh, we've we've heard your album, sorry, um, not good enough, 
to my and then and he's like are you sure about that man and then like yeah mate sorry just not for us and then and then you just like this okay uh this is the cog life and then you just hear this like (laughs) and then the guy's like are you making gun noises with your mouth (laughs) and that's the skit and it's just me welcome to the cog life and the first I've you thought about this way too much. You way gotta do much. that. That's funny as fuck. <laughs> That's really there's funny. Few, there's a few if you scroll down my SoundCloud long enough. Because this, this is actually through SoundCloud. Mm. Um, but uh, I think if you scroll long enough, there's a few songs that were unreleased. There was one called Cog Dog Says. I use that at the end of some of my um, videos now. There was one called... Um, I've heard Bounce. Cog Dog Says. Bounce for, oh, yeah, I did Bounce For Me last year. I re-released that. Um, mm-hmm. There was one called... Uh, um welcome to the kennel <laughs> which is like it starts off like yo man this ain't a trap this ain't a ghetto this the kennel oh. and then like <laughs> and so yeah um, bro i i fuck i love that you should do that mixtapes ready to go i hey. want to live in the world where there's a cog dog vinyl that i can put on my wall <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely still on the cards. See, um, good comedy. Yeah. There yeah. we go. That's there what I'm saying, go. dude. This is what I'm saying. Uh, to circle back just to the original point, that right mm. there, silly shit jokes, always king. Like will always be king. It's like it reminds me. Like now that we talked about about like the difference between Louis and Chappelle, and like the current sort of like climate and comedy and what everyone's doing. Mm. Everyone right now wants to do the meaningful special. Every that's the cool thing to do right now. Even and now, because I, I thought that was the thing maybe three, four years ago. Would you say now it's still... I think I think it's still pretty popular. Like, if you're okay. going for, like, festival bait, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you're doing the festival shit, like, that is that is the thing. It's like, you what's but what's the point of the show? It's like, I thought we were fucking just telling jokes, dude. And, and so... And it's, it's not actually easy to do an hour of jokes. That's It's they, actually they the hardest of, thing to do. Yeah, it sullies the art form because there's then this kind of hierarchy where where and if you if you evoke um maybe tears or uh some more of a dramatic emotion from the audience mm. that's better art than making an audience laugh and it's not it's not no. to make someone laugh consistently for an hour is fucking hard it's the hardest thing to do that's it's like and you'll see it it's like because people won't write an hour of jokes what they'll do is they'll write 45 40 minutes and then 20 minutes of bullshit and you feel the bullshit however you want do you want stories do you want an emotional little thing do you want to talk about your dad or do you want to end with a musical number those that's it that's what you finish the last 20 minutes with it's so hard to write an hour of jokes yeah i would write about 40 42 and then i'd be like i'll crowd work the rest yeah me too honestly but crowd work (laughs) at least is still jokes you're fucking around yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, something about, like... I'll tell you who else did a good hour where I was like, oh, fucking jokes. Shane Gillis, his hour his was, was all jokes. Yeah, his was really good. And it's... That's what I'm saying. It's so... And also, his one was, like, 45 minutes long. You know what I mean? Mm. Like, he he was just like, I don't have more than this. Mm. I'm just going to do this. Worked. Yeah. His was really good, and I'm I'm glad to see him getting some success because... From that podcast, he got canned from Saturday Night Live. Mm. From to me, the tone was so obviously sarcastic when he said that. I don't know if you remember this, but 
they're talking about uh, New York when it was being settled, and he said, "Oh, there's an area Chinatown or something," and he was like, "Oh, just put the chinks there." I mean, like he said it in a way that right. he was impersonating, at least from my perspective, he was impersonating the people at the time. Yeah, that would have been like, "Ah, oh, yeah, just put the ah, oh, put the colored ones there." Like that's where, yeah, how yeah, it yeah. came across. But then when you cut that up, um. It, yeah, it of course. Makes it look really bad. But if you write anything down that looks awful, if you write a joke down and show it to someone, any of our jokes written down, and you go like, <laughs> "Hey, look at this," people are like, "What the fuck?" Like it would always look the worst, like the worst version of it. Yeah, because it's, there's no tone, context, any of that. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, it's just yeah. I mean, it's been like that for five years now, so it is. Mm. It is what it is. Uh, I actually kind of think it's changing because now people have like just reasonable people are like realizing it's just ridiculous but yeah it's sort of muddied the waters now as to what actually because people haven't had good comedy for so long mm. now they don't know what it is yeah not that australians never i always thought when it comes to music when i was growing up um australians would have a good idea about what was say commercial music and what was alternative more, yeah alternative or critically acclaimed and, and sort of a bit more artistic put a bit mm. more i guess effort into it less formulaic not that and, and i look i love commercial music man there's there's i yeah. don't i also don't like snobs that think there's no place for that yeah. however i will also understand there's a hierarchy there and a good um sort of song that can hit both the the um the critics positively and then the charts positively seems to be the best option similarly mm. Comedy is the same, but a lot of people can't differentiate between what might be commercial comedy and what yeah. maybe isn't commercial comedy. And to be fair, it's not as the music people grow up from grow up on from when they're a kid yeah. on radio. They're listening to it constantly, from driving to school, driving home. At, you know, at home. how much comedy do people actually consume um, growing up? Now, I, I, actually, I think that might have changed now with social media. Mm-hmm. Com- comedians are almost like uh, uh, the musicians of yesteryear. There's there's that much comedy on TikTok and um, Instagram and wherever. Mm. Uh, but I, I, I that always stuck out to me. If you if you ask someone, hey, wh- who's the commercial comedian and who's the the indie one? No one mm-hmm. will be able to say. Or they'll say like the the guy who's been on. Tri- Ironically, and I've also probably been on Triple J a few times, and just by, by being associated with that brand, oh, he's the indie one. He's the yeah, real yeah, comedian. Yeah. Um, no, maybe, but not really, <laughs> not necessarily. You know. <laughs> well, I think also it's like it's although like co- comedy does have genres in it, Australia doesn't really do the genres very well. Like we ju- we do just have comedian in terms of success. Right, like, because yeah. in America, I feel like there's like there are alt rooms. This person's like big because of this channel, so therefore they have a different tone to a Netflix comedian. You know what I mean? Like, there's the HBO comedian still. There's all there's like different like subsects, but here it's like if you ask if you ask anyone that lives in this building, being like, "Hey, who's your favorite comedian?" Everyone's gonna be like Carl Barron, because like that's hmm. the pinnacle. And we just we we just stopped producing after that. It was like Carl Barron, and then like the class. There's like a class around him, which was like the Will Andersons, uh, Husey, all mm. these people, and they've just 
like new people stopped coming in. They just locked locked the door and gave the TV things to all of these guys. So mm. the idea of there being comedians that aren't famous in this country, I think, is like, oh, so you're not an actual comedian. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there's just also not a lot of outlets um, compared to. I mean, you got a huge population in America, first of all. So there's that. Yeah, of course. But uh, the, I guess the outlets here, there's what the four commercial. Well, ten years ago, there were the four commercial channels: ABC, SBS, or it. and yeah. then whatever on Foxtel. But mm. yeah, look, it's changed a lot, man. I, I wonder um, what the next uh, ten years is going to be like. Because the last now, well, since I started twenty mm. twenty eleven, ten years now. Um, it's really changed a lot. So. Well, the next thing is going to be fucking Dixie D'Amelio doing a comedy hour. And she's going to end her 20 minutes with a dance. That's how she ends. It's going to be a very emotional dance set to a Maroon 5 song. <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to synthesize. That's where that. it's going to go. It's going to be Paradise by Maroon 5. Because <laughs> every cunt thinks they're fine. That's the thing. I think, like, look at Ryan Gallagher as well. Like, Ryan Gallagher did, like, a full sold-out thing off the back of the bachelor i don't even know who that is or maths i can't remember who's, he was on a, who's that he was a reality star from oh, australia okay. i think it was either the bachelor or maths and he was like the fu- the funny one oh, and yeah, he, yeah. he did a comedy tour off the back of that and everyone that i went to high school with went and saw him he was like oh. their favorite comedian without having told a joke well, it's a loose term, right? Because there's no real qualifications needed. There's no, you don't, have, there's no university course for comedy. So mm. anyone who sort of can elicit laughter from people is by nature a comedian. I think you've got to differentiate between a stand-up comedian and a comedian or a, a, a funny personality because yeah. there are a lot of people like that now that will sell really well and like no disrespect to them at all. Um, mm. But they're not, they're not stand-ups. You know, they can... And sketch, live sketch is a different art form. I couldn't do that. That's impressive yeah. when it's done well. Uh, and then there are people who will do these kind of variety shows. And look, a good show is a good show. I'm not going to kind of um, criticize that. Good on them. But it, mm. yeah, it, it, uh, it muddies the water. But at the same time, that was the argument made to people like me when we first came up on the internet. You know, who are these people surpassing the uh, the established norms and there's always going to be kind of transformative and, um, you know, breakthrough technology that that will lead to changes in in the the meritocratic process and sometimes for good measure because the the hierarchy mm. itself had become corrupt and yeah, who knows? Uh, I think I think we'll wrap this one up here, man, because that was a good little yeah. discussion of Louis C.K. and and some comedy. But I think mm. on the next one we're going to talk about. I want to talk about the um, really delve into the psychology of why people think certain things that are just inappropriate to say are funny. Because I think that's funny too. But uh, mm-hmm. thanks for thanks for being a guest for the first. Of course, episode. man. Going to be a guest for another episode. So um, stay tuned uh, next week, guys. Uh, Happy New Year. Neilkahaka.com slash podcast if you want to. Uh, send in a question or a topic. All of it goes to charity. We raised over $5,000 in 2021. Congratulations. That's all That's you. Dope. I didn't do shit. I put in a bit, but <laughs> you know, you guys did it all. So thank you. Um, and crushorganics.com. Use the code Neil. See you next week. Happy New Year's, y'all.